0: To do what anyone successful does, you have to every day work at it and be consistent. And as a sister team, we always have done that. Welcome to Working Women
1: Mentor, a podcast that empowers everyday women like you, like me, to share and learn from life's mentor moments. I am your host, Rainey Alfers, and in each episode, you will meet inspiring women that understand the power of recognizing mentor moments and how those moments can change it all. These fabulous women are here and ready to share it all with you. So let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Working Women Mentor. And in today's episode, you're going to want two things to potentially be a redhead and that sister that you never had or hug the sister that you do have because we get to meet Adrienne and Stephanie Vendetti. They have founded HowToBeARedhead.com and also this wonderful beauty subscription box that they've built because they found that redheads had a need. They wanted products that were designed for a little bit more sensitive skin, and just the way that they wanted to receive the product, the way they wanted to be viewed and to find that niche. And they've built an incredible business from there and all with the support of family, with the support of each other, and this growing community. So we get to chat with them today about their mentor moments, the keys to their success, and the story of two young women who were struggling to find what made them feel beautiful, with the products that they loved, but then doing it and wanting to bring it to everyone else. So here we go. Let's go meet Stephanie and Adrian. Hi Adrian and Stephanie. Welcome to Working Women Mentor. How are you, ladies, today? Hi. Hey, how I'm so excited you're both here. Yes, we're super excited. So how to be a redhead. And we've done a wonderful introduction about you both, but would love to hear from each of you a bit
2: more about yourself and the company that you've created. Adrian and I, this is Stephanie, we're sisters. We are two years apart. We started our company in 2011. We just found a need for targeting redheads. Nothing was out there at the time blogs were just becoming a thing social was just becoming popular and we thought we have to create this brand it started with just a blog in boston and then we later moved to new york city we call it the domino effect just over the years when we first started we were picked up we worked with some really great big beauty brands and then we went on this beauty tour where we were doing these pop-up events teaming up with other brands across the country. We got a book deal and we launched our beauty subscription box in 2015 and our makeup line in early 2020 with our first SKU in our brow line. I sum that up in making it seem like it's been so easy, you know, but it's really our passion and we've really grown our brand. We're proud to say that we are the only brand for redheads and spanning from a subscription box, our beauty book, as well as our makeup line. So we're really excited for the future and to just find this need that we keep hearing every day from our followers that... They're so thankful that we created this brand. It's boosted their confidence. Yeah, it's just, it's been a ride.
1: It doesn't sound easy, by the way. You said it, I wrapped it up and <laughs> it enormous. It sounds like so much has been going on. Adrian, and uh, please, you know, tell us a little bit about you. And I'm sure you think this has not been easy as well, right?
0: <laughs> no, it hasn't been easy. I think it's been, um, you know, I think when you start something that no one else has started before, it just takes a lot of time. And for some people... They cannot spend the time and the years that it takes to pave the way, especially when it's a niche audience. It's very difficult to get started. Like things that people would say to us, I think immediately they would laugh at it. At the time, Stephanie was getting out of college and I was working at a law firm, and we were both like, oh, we're going to drop everything. And I quit my job to do this. And people were like, wait, you're going to stop doing what you're doing? To do this? Do you have your 401k? And we were like, that's just not our style. We really had a vision for it. We were like, we know that if we wanted something like this, and there's a million other people who want it too. And so I think now after like almost 12 years of doing it almost every day, someone's like, what a great idea. What a great idea. I don't know what the quote is exactly, but it's like in the beginning, they'll laugh at you. But then when you really do well, they're going to be like, how did you do that? Um, so it took a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. I think to do what we do and to do what anyone successful does, you have to every day work at it and be consistent. And as like a sister team, we just always have done that. We don't sit down and say, oh, we're going to work this amount of hours this week. Every day we're just working on something. So I think that that has been a guiding force for us throughout the 12 years. is just consistently working. Adrian, I love that. You jumped in, but you had vision before you
1: made the leap. And it sounds like your visions really aligned together. Stephanie, obviously, we're a Working Women Mentoring podcast. And so I know you have lots of nuggets for us today. But what would be something that you learned early on as you were getting started
2: that was a mentor moment for you? The early stages, it was different because we were younger in our early 20s. I just graduated college. Living in New York City in your early 20s, creating this idea and this brand, it was great to be in New York because that mentality of a lot of people there, they didn't think we were crazy. They would tell us there's actors and actresses and so many people go there to do their dream. So it wasn't crazy. I remember someone telling us early on, don't take no for an answer. And I think Adrian's really great about that. And I've learned to have that mentality. And we really don't take no for an answer. There's been ups and downs throughout the last 12 or so years, just like any company. But I think that's really built us to where we are now. So I think it's just, you know, if you get pushed down With something that's happened in your company, just use that as a strength to just move forward and see what else you can really do. I remember Adrian and I really didn't have a lot of press and we worked on this big project. We were out in California and we just realized, oh my gosh, like we need to work on our press. And then we did that. We spent six months, we pitched, and then we were featured in all these magazines and a huge spread in the New York Times. But it's as Adrian said, too, it's taking our the attitude on, yes, you know, we're going to get there and then the consistency. Yeah,
1: it's endurance, isn't it? If I'm going to win this. I'm going to keep moving yeah. And, yeah. and also like finding that creative solution around it. So if this one didn't work, how do we work around it? Are there any other ways to make this happen? Adrian, it sounds like you're incredibly creative when it comes to moving past the line. And putting that vision out there.
0: Honestly, I think it's the way that you're brought up, but it's also an instinct that you have as a young person. I think not everyone is built to run a business or a company. And I think that's what is so beautiful and what makes the world go round, but I'm so happy that Stephanie and I tapped into running a business and doing what we do because it fulfills us. And I think you have to have that behind you or you're not going to want to get up in the morning and work. I was just telling Stephanie yesterday, you know, she has like almost a two year old. And so when you're seeing someone like grow up like that, you start thinking like, oh, when I was two, when I was four, and I was telling her yesterday, I think I was always meant to run a business. Like when I was like two, three years old, you know, you're doing the work and you're making it run. And You're not just sitting around waiting for someone to tell you what to do. But I also find it really interesting that what our motivations were in the very beginning and what our visions were in the very beginning are completely different than what they are now. And I think that has a lot to do with just getting older, like the world changes and you kind of have to change with it as long as you you keep working. You absolutely do. And I think that is what
1: how most successful companies thrive. They are constantly evolving and they're not becoming the blockbuster. Right, you're yeah. not aging out of this market. You're actually maturing with your audience and with the world, yeah. it sounds like, yeah. having that maturity in the business. And when I'm about subscription boxes, I mean, the fact that you guys are the only subscription box for redheads, it's incredible. It just blows my mind, good for you. These subscription boxes are everywhere. And I personally am a fan because I like convenience. Just delivered to my doorstep. Anything that is delivered to my doorstep that I could save time, maybe even money on. It's not wonderful. But when did they become so popular and you decide, hey, let's get on that trend?
2: Yeah, I want to say 2014 definitely got popular. And in 2015 is when we launched our monthly box in the fall. Prior to that, though, we were building... The idea in the early stages in 2014 and 2015, but it came about because we were following these other beauty boxes and seeing what they were doing and everything that we do that we feature on our website has been tested and tried. And we thought, okay, wouldn't it be really cool to come out with a subscription box, a monthly box curated by us with brands that we love, what we're learning, have learned throughout the years is that nine out of 10 times, it's brands that our subscribers have never heard of and trying for the very first time. So I think that's the beauty of a beauty box or any subscription box, right? Is that you're learning about all these cool brands and the convenience. And with our demographic too, when it comes to skincare, for example, a lot of redheads are known to have very sensitive skin, hyperpigmentation, a lot of characteristics, rosacea, redness. So we were hearing early stages when we started how to be a redhead So many questions. I'm going to the drugstore with skincare. So that kind of helped launch the beauty box as well, because we thought, let's make it easy for them and create these amazing boxes with the amazing products that we love. So that's how it was formed. And then with that idea, you
1: were tapping into an entire community of women like yourselves redheads, beautiful redheads that are wanting to be introduced to this product. How are you specifically marketing to them? How have they joined your community with love?
2: When Adrian and I started, I remember we kept getting like increasing social numbers and people writing in too. And we thought, oh my gosh, this is really cool that people are starting to follow us and they're starting to comment and engage in articles and engage in posts, leave comments on our website. And at the time it was, as Adrian said, Twitter and Facebook, and then Instagram became a thing, but it slowly started. But then we were building up the momentum. And we do our branding really well and tying along with the consistency. We post every day. So I think if you're a brand and you're not posting, you're doing once a month or however it may be, it's a good thing to keep that consistency going and creating an editorial calendar. But right now, how we market, it's pretty, we have an extensive like calendar on a monthly basis, quarterly too. But we're on all social channels. Ads are really important too with us. But our organic following has really stemmed from just our everyday posting and utilizing videos and photos and just building it to what it has been, what it is now. Yeah, those are really great
1: tips because I'm sure there's a lot of companies, women listening who are even in marketing and wondering, how do we tap into these communities, create the engagement? And it sounds like you both are driven from consistency in everything you're doing, both how you started and how you approach your marketing now. As you build your company, I'm curious because a lot of people want to have a company with monthly recurring revenue, that MRR. They want to have a company with consistency and with um, having products that actually represent and define who you are. So How are you approaching actually building the growth of this business with revenue and looking forward three, five, six years? Are you looking to sell this and pivot? Are you
0: trying to grow it into something bigger? What is your plan? That's a really good question. I think when we first started How to Be a Redhead, we really didn't have an exit plan. We were just like, so into creating something that hadn't been done before. And I think that's what still drives us. But now that we are getting into the space where we are, we're like, yeah, we have reoccurring revenue. We have employees. We have a whole structure built. I do think in the next maybe four or five years, we will sell. It's hard to think about that, to be honest, because we're so involved and we love it so much. But I do think that Stephanie and I will pivot and use our talents to create something else down the road. But since we've been a part of in creating this brand for 12 years, it's not our motivating force. I'm not like waking up every day. Oh, let's sell. But I think that is just going to be a naturally occurring thing that happens as we continue to especially come out with more SKUs and continue to build what we're building.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And as I talk with women, it's really hard to envision.
1: Like you said, we've been working on this for 12 years. This is my baby. This is, yes, the game before the two-year-old. I was like part of the family, literally. And to think about that is, is difficult. And But mm-hmm. it is interesting, though, when you get to certain levels, as you said, your vision has constantly evolved. Yeah. Someone will either be knocking on your door or you might be knocking on other people's doors to acquire them as you're growing. I think as it evolves, it'll be fun to follow you guys and see how that works. I know that the women listening, essentially, they might have a monthly budget. They might be considering what products to use. They might be considering like I'm oversubscribed to everything right now. And in this economy, I know a lot of people are Mm -hmm. making choices. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend for someone listening on how to make those selections and vet the subscriptions they have? What to keep, what to get rid of? What advice could you give us?
2: Yeah, I think it comes down to personal choice and what makes you happy. If it's a quarterly subscription box, if it's a monthly box, if it's beauty related, I know that there's some fashion boxes out there that help you with your wardrobe. I think finalizing what your budget is for on a monthly basis and seeing what you're spending and going from there on, okay, maybe I can spend $100 on my two favorite subscription boxes and because i know i love getting packages in the mail that makes me really happy it's things i think nowadays in our the world we live in online shopping is you buy something and then oh my gosh i just got it in the mail so find what makes you happy and if it's beauty related to figuring out okay maybe one subscription box is really really important and then maybe taking that other budget and spending it on products that you need at your local store. So I think finalizing first though, what you need and what your budget is, and then going from there.
1: Yeah. And I also imagine it's the value you're getting from that box because your boxes, for example, it seems that you're, you have a couple of different options on when they can purchase, but for the amount they spend with you, they're getting Two and three and four times, I imagine the value in that box.
2: Yeah. And that's the, and that is why we loved curating our beauty boxes and why our subscribers love our beauty boxes is the fact that you're spending less than $70 for a quarterly box, for example. You get that box four times a year right before the kickoff to each season, which is really great because, for example, like skincare products that we include for, let's say, a fall box we'll get your skin ready for the fall season because if you're new to skincare a really helpful tip is that you should be changing your skincare products especially your moisturizers as the seasons go think about it like you want a thicker jacket in the fall and the winter time as opposed to the spring and summer so we ship the quarterly box out strategically for that reason the four times a year and you're getting $250 plus worth of products so going back to what we said about your budget if That's why our subscribers really love our beauty boxes is that you're spending less than $70 and getting $250 plus. Some of our boxes are even $300 plus. So that's really where you're really saving money by getting our subscription boxes. So that's, I think, why our subscribers are really happy. Now we're happy too for curating that. And how fun. I can't even imagine the products that you get to try. know that you vet
1: everything that you put in your boxes, personally try it and use it. And have you, I just can't even fathom the amount of skincare you ladies have tried or have gone through. Have you found just some complete busts out there and were like, oh, no way I'm putting
2: this in my box. We do test and try every single product that's been in the box. And it's it's a process that we're really strict about. And it's something to where our subscribers really trust us. But yeah, there's been some skincare products that we've tried. Adrian has very sensitive skin. And we have another team member who's a redhead. And my skin is very different than Adrian's. So we try to test it on a few different redheads. And skincare makeup, maybe it was an eyeshadow palette that we just wasn't in love with. So yeah, there are some busts. Quote unquote, that we just felt <laughs> would it make our subscribers happy? And that's the main when we curate our monthly and our quarterly boxes. Adrian and I and our team are always sitting down as like, how can we make this box the best box and make our subscribers just so happy? And when we send out the boxes, we have a theme tied along with each quarter and each monthly box. And it is all about self love and self empowerment. So it's, a, it's supposed to feel good when you get the box too. So we want our subscribers to open up these packages and try these new brands and really fall in love and really who doesn't want glowing skin and make their red hair pop and fun accessories and everything that we include. So just making sure that these women and men, we do have male subscribers, are just happy at the end of the day. I love that. And I said the bust part because I'm thinking about brands or products that I've bought over the years. Yeah.
1: I, and I'm excited about it. And I get it home and they're expensive. And you get it home and it's <laughs> wah, wah, <laughs> it didn't work. Or it just, I don't know. I picked the wrong thing. And so what I love about yours is that you guys are just personally so involved in this process and what, what can save people a lot of money, quite frankly, by doing all that vetting already ahead of time for them.
2: Yeah. And I'm guilty of doing that too, where Adria and I buy products, too. It's not just products that we're getting from brands. But I think that's where, and we try to tell some of our customers who write in and they share, oh, my gosh, I bought this vitamin C theorem and it didn't work for my skin. And we always try to get some information from them. And that's where I think like TikTok and Instagram and all these influencers out there, when they're promoting a product, we always try to tell our, subscri- our customers and who's ever writing in with this situation is. Look at that influencer's skin, maybe, and it may be completely different than yours. They may have hooked you to buy this product, and then you check out and you buy and you get it. And then you realize, oh, wait, that person promoting the product had normal skin. I have very oily skin. So definitely make sure that you're buying the right product. But again, that's why we really take into consideration all skin types, not putting all redheads in one box when we curate our beauty boxes. But that's why it's really important for us to include products that we know that they'll love and that hopefully they just carry with them into their day-to-days. I love it.
1: Adrian and Stephanie, how as sisters, as a family working together and growing together, I imagine mentoring and helping each other along the way has been a lot of your success and maybe even struggle throughout
2: time. How do you navigate this relationship together? We come from an Italian family on our dad's side. so. We've learned we don't hold back. And I think there's no resentment or any,
0: I think as you get older, you're like, oh, resentment is the number one thing that sometimes breaks up relationships, whether it's family or just husband, wife, whatever it is. And I think because we're so blunt with each other, we, like I have no problems with stuff. She has no problems with me because if we're working on a packaging for our mascaras or lately our shampoo line, whatever we're working on, I'm like, Steph, what do you think about this? And she's, like, oh, I hate that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like... <laughs> whatever. And so we just will go back and forth. And I'll say when I find her annoying and it's just like a family dynamic. And we're also very good at separating how to be a redhead and family. So like when we're with family, Stephanie and I will like casually talk about how to be a redhead stuff, but we really don't talk about it in front of a lot of people at home. But then when we're talking during the week, that's really all we talk about. And I sometimes don't even know what's going on personally with her. She doesn't know what's going on personally with me. We just juggle and i don't know how it works but it just works right like when we get into a fight let's just say i think this happened like maybe twice throughout the 12 years or something where we just aren't talking to each other which is extremely difficult when you're running a company together it really is speaking and my dad would call and be like come on you can't be mad at your sister and then then we start like being jovial and then we just we honestly we hash it out like we just are like yeah this is what bothered me this is what bothered me and Stephanie knows that she can always come to me if something's bothering her. And I know I can always talk to her about it. There's no passive aggressiveness at all. Like we're not over there like jabbing each other, which I've seen a lot of family members do in other situations. But I'm I think it just works for that reason. I think something to it that when we were younger as natural redheads, like we wish that there was how to be a redhead. So I think we kind of have that in the very back burner, like way before we
2: even started it, that makes us emotionally attached to it. Yeah, and Adrian's strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. And we've always said that and it's always still been true. And I think that's what's really made us a really great team is the fact that we are so different and our personalities are so different You mentioned your dad jumps in every now
1: and then, a couple times over the twelve years, uh, just to break things up, get you guys talking again. If that ever happens, how did your parents feel, or your family feel about this? You're both putting your jobs, you're both starting this company together. Was there any advice, or concern, or opinion
2: uh, in the beginning? No concern, none. No concerns. That's been the beauty of our parents. Our dad was an entrepreneur. He never worked for anyone, and I think that's always he never instilled that in us it's not like he talked about that every day when we were growing up you need to do this you need to do this education was really important to them and when we graduated i think a lot of parents probably in adrian's situation because i had just graduated and then i was moving to new york city but adrian's situation was she was going to go to law school and be a lawyer so i think a lot of parents probably would have said no how could you do that you had a great job and she did in boston But our parents, they believed in us from the beginning. And that's always been something that we've always said we're very fortunate about. And they don't think we're crazy. You know, our dad wears a how to be a redhead hat every single day. He has it in like 10 colors. And our mom, she follows us on all social. They've just always supported us no matter what we did, whether we were traveling in Europe by ourselves or starting a brand. They just, they saw our vision. And I will say with our beauty subscription box, now we have a full team, but In the early days, 2015, 2016, we were doing it out of our house, out of our garage, and our parents helped us pack boxes. There was just no question. They just came up from Florida where they live and did it. So looking back, that's something that you remember moments like that. And then you see like our big warehouse now and everything that we've worked towards. And they're probably so proud. They're so proud. They are. Right. They are really proud. I love
1: that. You're both fortunate. And I can tell they raised you very well. Very strong, very driven women. Creating a lot. And now that you have a team, how are you all giving back to the women and the people in your company and being mentors yourself now?
2: we in our warehouse with all of our employees and our team members. And we are a woman-focused, woman-run business. So proud. Yeah,
0: I, think, I think I tried. I'm. Stephanie and I are very modest people if we could we wouldn't be the faces of how to be a redhead it's not who we are and a lot of the times too it's like really hard with TikTok and stuff because we know it's great for business and we always find creative ways to post but if we can we try not to even post ourselves but a lot of girls will ask questions when I'm in the warehouse and I try to be as humble as possible because My only advice to all women is, like Stephanie said in the beginning, really believe in yourself and just keep working. I think that what our parents did really was I never once in my life thought that there was a difference between a man and myself. Steph, I know you feel the same way. I don't feel like men are better than me. And I think that's the only advice that I can give to any woman is to really do what makes you happy. Whatever that is, do it. And life is too short. Just accomplish your dreams. And I try to lead by example. Like when we're doing the assembly line and we're doing it, I am right on the line with the girls. And instead of me being boastful and talking a lot about, oh, look what we've done. I hope that we can just show them what we've done with our hard work and really being there and present and not having an ego. And ego is a really big thing that you have to drop if you are going to be successful. And it's really hard for a lot of people to drop it because they want to post on social media about, oh my God, my first million. I hate that about social media, how boastful it is. And there's some times where you just want to share with people. Like when we got a book deal, it was exciting to share that. But I think that people go over and beyond to share. And I think sometimes actions speak so much louder than words. So that's just how I attempt to be a role model for women. Adrienne, I love that philosophy. That's leadership
1: 101 everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, in a nutshell, everything you said is absolutely oh. beautiful. And it's interesting. I feel very much the same way about you in social. And sometimes you just have to put yourself out there and you because it's part of the brand or part of what you're doing. It's so uncomfortable. Would you give any advice on that, how you're overcoming being the face of the brand? It is uncomfortable. And Is there anything for people listening who may not want to put their image out there or take that first step? Any advice from what you've learned?
2: Yeah, I think you don't have to share your everyday. Adrian and I don't. Like, my son is nowhere on our social channels. No one knows I was pregnant two years ago. We just don't share personal stuff. So, if you're starting a brand, let's say, and you're on social and you don't want to show your personal, like, You don't have to. You can maybe do some intro videos talking about yourself, why you started your company, very just generic videos about you, but sharing everyday personal stuff. I understand if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, no, I don't want to do that because Adrian and I don't do that. You want to also relate to your customers and you want them to know about your brand. So maybe do that in the form of different types of, Videos that may have you in it, may not. And then if you have products and you're building up products in your line, let's say, or whatever it may be, teaming up with influencers is great too. And there's so many different ways on your website to share your story and feeling what makes you comfortable. But. Making sure, too, that you're sharing your story if you're starting your brand. Yeah, that's great advice because we do want to know about people. We want to know what's going on.
1: Yeah. And we like to know the behind the scenes. It's so funny at my Instagram. I think sometimes people think I just eat all the time. <laughs> it's all about food. I get so excited about something that I'm frying <laughs> or eating. I don't know anything else. It's just it's food related. As we. Yeah. Oh, and that, hey, that makes me happy. that. Yeah. yeah. Just lots of different restaurants. But. Okay, ladies, the one thing that I ask everybody is about to text your friends, see what they say about you, because we don't all quite know you yet, but would love to get to you. But this time I asked you guys as sisters to text each other on how you would describe each other.
2: And if you'd share that with us, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, if I was to describe Adrienne, I would say she's the most strong, most ambitious woman I've ever met. And I say that really passionately, being her sister, because she's someone that... Will not take no for an answer. And I've learned to be strong like her or try to be because she is so strong and she's so loving, lives life to the fullest. So all of those qualities have really made How to Be a Redhead what it is today. Adrian, <laughs> that is so sweet.
0: Do you care to share about Stephanie? She is extremely positive. She is just a joy to be around. I think that's why she has so many friends and um, she's just a really great person. She's a great listener. She is just great. Yeah. She's just a great person. I think she's a better person than I am.
2: No, (laughs) you're a stronger person than I am.
0: And now we're back to strengths and weaknesses
1: as sisters, right? You're like, she's stronger, she's better. You guys are- yeah. Ad- yeah, adorable, adorable. Adrian and Stephanie of the Deddy, thank you so much for just sharing everything today that you have. I know that. These subscription boxes, working together, building a brand, leaving behind what you knew, starting something brand new is so incredibly inspiring. So thank you. Thank you for being
2: here. How can everyone find you guys that's listening? Yeah, so everyone can find us on howtobearadhead.com and then our shop to subscribe and shop is to be a redhead.com. and all of our social handles is just how to be a redhead. And yeah, that's it. Thank you both so much for joining in. And uh, we can't wait to follow your journey
1: and support all the redheads out there. Thank you so much for having us. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope you'll walk away feeling inspired and are thinking of how a mentor moment can help you or someone you know. In case you haven't hit the follow button to subscribe to this show, please do so. And if you love the episode, I'd really appreciate a review. You see, this review helps Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to is on, know that other women just like you want to learn about the show and it'll help us spread the word. Let's connect on Instagram at Working Women Mentor or at Rainy You can find all episodes online at rainyalperscom forward slash podcast and the ability to send an audiogram of your favorite mentor moments. And we respond to everyone. I truly can't wait to hear from you. Check back weekly for new episodes and cheers until the next episode.